This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly, and you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. Do it live. Okay. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. For your live fire fun and frivolity of the show. If you want to jump in this evening, it is a phone call or an email, and here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is a brand new month. Of course, a brand new year, 2022, rapidly coming to a close. And joining me in his traditional spot, first Tuesday of the month, is none other than the creator of How to Barbecue Right, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team. And joining me for perhaps the start of the sixth year or seventh year of doing monthly appearances, maybe it's longer than that, maybe it's just a little bit short, Malcolm Reed will be joining me, and we'll talk about how the year ended up for the show and for him personally, recap some of the cool gifts maybe that he got, some of the cool gifts he gifted to other Live Fire lovers. And we'll see, most importantly, what we have in store for us as fans of How to Barbecue Right. Maybe you're going to be visiting down in uh, Hernando, and you're going to check out Malcolm's Barbecue Shop, things that are going on in there. So plenty of stuff to get caught up with Malcolm on. And then we'll move 35 past the hour. Right off the bat in the new year, we're starting with a brand new guest. If you have always wondered about branding, if you have always wondered what the hell does brand even mean, am I branding right, am I branding wrong, if I'm right, how do I keep it right, this segment at 35 Pass is going to be all you need to get you on the right track to answer all of these questions, and through her husband, I have known her for, even I think before the show has started in podcast form, back in the Barbecue Brethren days, back when I owned a barbecue forum well before the podcast, we will be joined by the creator of CKO Creator, Phyllis Strauder, the ghetto country brand mother. And she will be talking to us all about branding, a little bit of her background and why she's an expert in branding. So again, if you have any questions about it, even from a high level, this is going to be a segment you want to tune into. 
And that will close out the first hour. Then we will move to the second hour. And aside from Malcolm being the first Tuesday of the month, first hour guest, you know we go to the first Tuesday, second hour guest, 14 past, Sam the Cooking Guy joins us for the first time in 2022. We're going to be talking about crowdfunding. We're going to be talking about dry aging beef and why he likes dry aging, if he really likes dry aging, and then what his age of dryness is from a length period. We'll also get into some other new products that he's offering. Might even take a peek at a previous, you know what, I'm just going to save it. However, in advance of all of that, as the segment gets going, because it went over so well last month as we were closing out 2021, that's being the new game show that's sweeping the nation. What's Sam's favorite? Now, in order to take part, you will have to download the Clubhouse app, and then you will have to find me currently airing live on Clubhouse, which is easy to do. And then in that 10, 14, or 14 past the second hour segment, all you have to do is be in, raise your hand. I will randomly pick somebody to come up on us, and we will play best of five. I have five brand new questions. All you have to do is get three right, and you can win a prize that is worth a hell of a lot of money and probably really cool because it's coming from Sam as well. It's very fun to play this game. What's Sam's favorite? And then 35 past the second hour, the bullpen segment, as we call it here on the show. A new podcast is coming out. It's going to be geared towards restaurateurs. It's going to be geared towards influencers. That's why it's called Restaurant Influencers. But the host is somebody that you probably already know. I've known him for years. This is his at least third that I know of podcast. And that is the owner and creator of Cali BBQ Media, Sean Walchef, will be joining us to close it out tonight. We'll talk to Sean about his very new podcast venture. We'll talk to him about if he is going to be doing some upkeep on digital hospitality. And it's going to be a great, informative segment with Sean. Most importantly, who the new show is geared towards. And if you're not currently involved with Sean in any form or fashion on digital, you need to do it because he does have a strong presence. He does have a lot of contacts. He's giving you great information as far as getting yourself out there. And as he likes to call it, digital storytelling with that phone, smartphone, doesn't have to be an iPhone, just smartphone in general. And away you go. So that's how it's laying out tonight. Malcolm Reed and Phyllis Strauder, first hour. Sam, the cooking guy and Sean Walchef, second hour, if you need him. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show for live video feeds of the show. You can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also, YouTube has a stream as well, slash RD Rempe. So if you want to see what we're talking about here, jump on one of those platforms and away you go. And as I had mentioned, we are streaming live on the Clubhouse app as well. So if you have a desktop computer, and you would rather not deal with the phone, you can download the Club Deck software on your computer, Mac or PC, it doesn't matter, and use it that way or just get it on your phone, and you can grab the show from there live every Tuesday as well. As far as some feedback and comments from last week, the email that recurred the most 
over the past week sounded something along these lines, and I got it in various forms or fashions, so allow me to paraphrase just to cover the masses. In a general quote, Greg, who the hell is that kid saying, give me a hell yeah, and why did you wait so long to use that drop? That could have been the drop of 2021. We need to know more about the hell yeah kid immediately. You mean this kid? Oh, it's not triggering right away. Is this where we're going right off the bat in 2022? It's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. Here it comes. Come on. Let's hear it. Give me a hell yeah. That's right. Give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. What do you mean, who is that kid? If you're a fan of the show, I will have you know that this give me a hell yeah kid just happens to be who? The son of none other than Barbecue Central Show, two, maybe three-time guest, and the guy that I lived to, uh, lived next to seven-plus years. You recall a guy named Neighbor Desmond? Yes, that's his kid, Braden. Now, I can't talk to the specifics on exactly how the Give Me a Hell Yeah came up, where it was recorded, all the background stuff. But I can tell you, as soon as I heard it from Bobby's iPhone, I said, you need to send me that immediately through email so I can capture that. That is becoming a drop on an open hot key, which is why you heard it last week a number of times. Give me a hell yeah. 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 That's Braden. He's the newest star of the show. And it runs in the family. Desmond, star of the show, Central Light favorite, now Braden. Many years, the junior of his dad, obviously, becoming a star of the show cursorily with the give me a hell yeah drop. And why did I keep it so long? Because I didn't get it until that week. So I pressed it right into service. I wasn't holding it and then slow rolling it out as the year ended. No, no, we don't work like that. When I have gold, I get on top of it. Some other listener feedback from last week's show, Timmy in Maryland, Greg, last week's uh, last week in the show open, did you say he shed? What the hell is that regards Timmy? Yes, I did say he shed. <laughs> what do you mean, what is it? It's a shed, not built for a she, built for a he, and I use it tongue-in-cheek. That shed is a storage shed. However, given my new proclivity for smoking cigars, premium cigars... I'm not going to smoke them in the house. I would, I mean, I would, but there's no way four women are going to allow me to smoke a cigar, a cigar in the house. And the side of the house wasn't working that well. So I'm, I don't want to use the term banished. I'm taking up shop in the he shed because I don't like man cave either. He shed sounds like she shed, which is funny. So that's why I said he shed. So yes, Timmy, you heard it right. And that's why I'm in the he shed. All right, Malcolm Reed is ready to come on the show. I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling. Big Papa Ball himself, from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa's has something for every outdoor cook. 
The championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners. 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also, the owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce, looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, tired of what's existing out there currently. We ask that you give Granny's consideration. It's a traditional yet powerful flavor that will remind you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Great all by itself or great as a base sauce and then you can trick it out from there. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offering the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them and ask questions. Why not? 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We are back with Malcolm Reed. First time in 2022. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier, visit bbqguru.com or call them for more information, 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. As I had mentioned in the show open, it is the first Tuesday of a brand new month and a brand new year, and you know what that means. A visit from the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team, Malcolm Reed, joining me here on the show. Hey, Malcolm. Happy New Year, Greg. What's happening, man? I am happy to see you in the new year. 2022 is here and rapidly coming to a close, as I had mentioned in the beginning of the show. And everybody loves to laugh when I say that, but quickly it will be through the first quarter, and then quickly we will be through the summer, and then all of a sudden I look like a know-it-all and a big shot, so we'll just leave it at that. How did the end of the year close up for you? How was Christmas, and what did you get that was good that maybe you were hoping for that santee smoke claws brought you and uh, what i really would like to know is what do you think the best gift you gave was oh man uh that's a tough one i don't know my uh, i guess i didn't get my, i didn't get my flamethrower that i wanted that was one thing i guess <laughs> santa claus didn't think i needed a, a, gr- a grilled a blazer gun you so mean? Now, hold on a second you mean your pal mark williams didn't <laughs> give up his grill blazer gun for you he did not, what? man. He did not. What is going on with this guy? Him. He's out of here. Gotta aim it for him. Yeah, I know, man. No, uh, I got some really, you know, I got probably way more than I deserve. But, um, you know, I got some cool Yeti stuff. I've got a Justin Wilson cookbook that I'm really proud of. I don't know if you know Justin Wilson. Are you kidding? 
Yeah, but he's one of he's, he's one of uh, you know the first guys I remember cooking on TV as a kid, watching him on PBS. And so I got a couple of his cookbooks that my mother in law gave me, and uh, you know just some just some stuff that I needed. I got some new Crocs. You know, every every, every man needs a pair of Crocs to barbecue in. <laughs> I remember and, uh, uh, you mentioned Justin William uh, Justin Wilson. So I remember him. I remember him saying Wondamus as far as describing something. Woo-wee, that Wondamus, I get our own tea. That was one of the taglines that I remember. And then it was either before him or after him. It was Martin Yan, Yan Can Cook. And that hour of cooking, and that was, I was pretty young. I was sub 16 years old. Wasn't really into cooking anywhere near as I am now, but that laid the groundwork. Uh, There was also, I really liked, he ended up being a kook or, or maybe some kind of a pedophile. I apologize if he wasn't. Uh, well, who was the guy? Uh, the frugal gourmet? Wasn't there uh, something weird or I illegal going yeah, on? But yeah. I used to love watching yeah, I, him as well. Those were my cooking inspirations back in the day. That was it, man. You know, I found some old uh, Emerald Live on YouTube the other day. I was just looking for something to pass the time. and I got stuck in that YouTube loop uh, watching old episodes of Emerald Live. That was stuff I remember cooking. Uh, as you know, growing up and getting into it myself, and that, those were the kind of shows that inspired me to start, you know, dabbling in the kitchen and then starting outdoor cooking and you know with the grill and smoker and all that stuff. So, gotta give credit to those those old shows. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. So we talk about Christmas uh, a couple days ago. We saw 2021 coming to a close and 2022 ringing in. Are you a big New Year's Eve celebrator. Traditionally, I know the last couple of years it's been a little weird, but yeah. normally speaking, how how do you celebrate or, or are you out celebrating? As as my beard has gotten grayer, I've you know I've got away from. I think I made it till ten o'clock New Year's Eve. That was late. Oof. But uh, yeah, we 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 stayed at hunting camp. Uh, uh, Rochelle came down, hung out with us, and we did some riding on side by sides. The weather was extremely warm down here. Uh, we didn't get cold weather just a few days ago. We were 80 degrees. So it was, you know, it was real pleasant. We built a fire outside, cooked threw some stuff on the grill, and then we cooked all the traditional stuff on New Year's Day, the, the black-eyed peas, the turnip greens, the, the hog jowl, the cabbage, the cornbread, all that stuff. So, we, we you know, we had a big time. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you do the New Year's, New Year's Day meals. Now, do you do that because you like the food or is there a healthy dose of superstition involved? Like maybe 2022 wouldn't be good luck if you didn't do all that stuff. I, I love the food. Absolutely. I think we only, I only eat black eyed peas one time a year. I don't know why, because they're really good, but um, you know, growing since growing up, my mom and dad have always told us it's good luck to eat black eyed peas on, on new year's day. So I, I've, you know, remember that for as long as I can remember. Is that more um, of a southern thing? Like it must be. I don't know because I know uh, you know. Speaking of Mark Williams, he went up to Indiana and hung out with uh, some friends up there, upstate Indiana, and he said he had to cook all. He had to cook the black eyed peas and greens and all that. So they'd never had it, so so it was different, you know. So I guess that's a southern. It's a southern thing. We do. I thought everybody ate it. We do pork and sauerkraut, no black eyed peas, and I don't yeah. know if I don't want to speak for all of the ladies in the house. I'm sure there would be some that would give it a whirl, but I, I would venture a guess that that probably wouldn't play to maybe more than 25 or 50 percent of the gals up there um i like black eyed peas i've had them a number of times but i never think to have them with new year's eve or new year's day to uh, get through that superstition but it's always been pork and sauerkraut uh since i've grown up or at least since i've been married and 
I would like to say that I, I've, I've never been superstitious. If things have worked out for me, I've never thought about what did I just do? What are the clothes that I'm wearing? Was it 80 degrees outside and try and replicate and only do that stuff to make sure that I have success again? But I do like fresh sauerkraut. I've become, here's breaking news right now. I'm not even going to lie. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rampey reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that breaks the most live fire breaking news that is breaking across the country. Nay, the globe. As a youth, Malcolm, I hated sauerkraut, but I think mostly because sauerkraut that I'm used to or that I was used to was coming out of a can and it looked gross and it smelled worse and it tasted worse than that. And then 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I finally came across cold, fresh sauerkraut that was maybe perhaps still fermenting and the crunch and the crispness and the sharpness of the flavors. I take a fork and just eat it out of the bag. I have become such a fresh sauerkraut convert. It is incredible. You like the same stuff? Oh, yeah. The brand I buy is Clawson, and they have it at the great, you know, it comes with the refrigerated pickle section. And, I mean, straight, like you said, straight out of the bag. I, I love it. But it's good for you, man. That's, they say that stuff, if you eat a big spoonful of sauerkraut daily, it's got all the, you know, the, the good the good bacteria in it, all the good microbes that your gut needs to make up for all the bad stuff and put in it. <laughs> I think the most sauerkraut that's made is actually coming out of Wisconsin. If I'm not mistaken, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I did an interview with the CEO of, I think it was Crisp Kraut is the name brand. It's like K-R-R-R-R-I-S-P. But then they owned plenty of other brands on top of it. They were buying independent sauerkraut makers all the time. They were easily the biggest. And one of the things that we talked about as we were getting to know the CEO and his background and then the background of sauerkraut is that for ages, this stuff has been incredibly healthy and a huge health benefit. When people were coming over from overseas here to the state, there were barrels of sauerkraut on there and the sailors would eat that. The passengers would eat that to help them from getting things like scurvy and other sicknesses. So not only is it good for your health, it's good for your gut, as you had mentioned. So I've, I've become such a huge fan of sauerkraut that, and I'll put it on hot dogs and sandwiches, not just traditional stuff. If I need a little bit of sourness and some Christmas on top of it, I'm going right for the sauerkraut every time. Oh, I'm with you. Where do you stand on the kimchi? Well, now I have to be very embarrassed. I've never had it. Never. Oh, man. I've never had it. Should yeah, I be getting into kimchi? It, it, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like the Asian version of sauerkraut. Hmm. I mean, it, it really is, except it comes with a little peppery kick, but it's fermented cabbage that they, you know, they use salt and they use different peppers in it. It's got, it's got a really good flavor. It's unique. Hmm. But what I like about it, it goes excellent, excellent with grilled beef. So if you get like some fillets and you cook them right on the fire, just sear them really hot and serve them with some kimchi, it's just some different flavors. You don't need much seasoning on the beef at all. Just simple salt and pepper over a hot fire. It, it's it's tremendous. You need to try it. All right. I'll get kimchi. There was a bag of it right next. So I get the Cleveland Kraut brand of sauerkraut. It might just be a regional brand here. Um, but there's they make kimchi as well. I saw it. I didn't grab it. But next time I go to Heinen's, I'll grab a bag and report back next month on my kimchi experience. Right. 
Uh, as we're talking about 2022, have you made any personal New Year's resolutions, or are you not a resolution maker? Uh, I'm not a big res. You know, just try to try to do better than I did last year, man. Just try, you know, try to uh, you know help help folks out as much as I can. Come up with some good recipes, and you know, just just keep keep on doing what we're doing. That's my that's my philosophy. You know, try you know try not to take a step backwards, but who knows? It, it's I'm one of those things. I don't believe in superstitions and. You know the resolutions and all. I need to. I need to get healthier. I think I all need. We all need to work on that. And then, Lord knows, I need to drop a few pounds, <laughs> work on a few things. Probably walk a little more. Things like that. Just stuff that's a little better for you. I mean, do people get after you uh, about that at all? Like, hey, Malcolm, shed a couple, or you know, get a little bit healthier oh, so we have you around <laughs> a little bit more. Like, what does it take yeah, to get you motivated constantly. to want to do that? Constantly. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's I've struggled with that all my life, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love, I love the food and good times. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's one of those things. We all got our demons, I guess. No doubt. Uh, Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. How to BBQ right.com is the website, of course. And you can follow him on social media, same handles as well. Let's take a look back at 2021. Now that we've had a good couple days to really recollect from a live fire standpoint, when you look back January to the end of December, were there any things that stuck out? Were there any items that stuck out to you as being things that won the year as far as products or things that you thought were particularly exciting, didn't have to wreck the world as far as marketplace share or anything like that, but things that you thought were interesting that were cool? Uh, you know, the biggest thing for me, I think pellet grills came on fire last year, it seemed like. And I don't know if it was just a, a just a trend building up, but you had um, you know we had Weber enter that market with their grill, and you know, but I mean I know they caught some flack over rushing it out, and it didn't perform as as good as they did, but it still brought a lot of notoriety to to the pellet grill, and you know Traeger of course they're blowing it up, and you've got all these other great brands, you know Green Mountain Grilla, all these Camp Chef, uh, it just it amazed me of how much, you know, people used to look at pellet grill cooking as, as, you know, not real barbecue, but I think it's became more mainstream. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's surpassed a lot of the, the charcoal and stick fire cooking, I think. And then you had, then you had the whole phenom with the black stones, the griddle cooking taken over. And with the, with the way that, that short form video from TikTok and all that came on, you see a lot more people in, it's not just like, doing recipes like I typically do. It's a lot of fun stuff with cooking and you see how many more people are into it. Um, I, I think people just learn that because of, because of the lockdown, because of COVID, because people, you know, we're finding out ways to cook at home and, and, and to do more stuff at home. True or false, Malcolm, Wagyu beef had its best year ever in regards to becoming more of a household name and option for people to buy in 2021. Oh, I would say that's true. When we're seeing it in grocery stores now, where you know our, our Kroger has has a line of Walmart has a line of Wagyu beef. I mean, it's mainstream. People are, you know, I guess who knows, you know, if it's the same thing that we're used to getting from <laughs> from from you know Japan or Australia, wherever we you know everybody gets theirs from. But it's still it, it, the brand. It's it's a name. Do you think in 2022 that Wagyu will continue to gain popularity or do you think it's just going to be a term that people know about, but it's still going to remain a specialty item that maybe it's a graduation or some other special event that you would spring for that? 
I think so. I mean, with, with the price of beef now, it's anyway. It's it seems like just choice beef is high. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a premium if you're stepping up and buying something. It's not like you're going to just go buy a pound of a ground wagyu to make burgers with on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still you know it's still something that's higher end. Uh, in the competition world, we've all known about it for years. I mean, I know I've been cooking you know the, the formal wagyu brisket for over ten years, so. <laughs> It's been around, but it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things you don't, uh, pe- I hope to see people looking for more quality in their meat like that. Maybe we'll see it translate over to, to pork and to chicken, seeing some higher, you know, higher end type products, something that's more natural or something that has better flavor other than just stuff they churn out, cry that and put in a meat case because there's a, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there if you look for it. I think two or three years ago, one of, maybe it was even longer than that, Stephen Reichland was on a mission to talk about don't eat as much beef or don't eat it as frequently. Relax a little bit. Save your nickels and dimes. And then when you're ready to eat beef, whether it's once a month or once a quarter or whatever, now you've amassed a little bit of a savings and then you can buy the best beef that you can afford or the best beef that you've saved the money on. And have it be a little bit more meaningful. I mean, as the American public continues to remain a beef eating public in, in ways that we've never seen before. And it's not endless amounts of beef. We're getting beef from weird places. They're doing things to get beef out quicker and quality inevitably will suffer. And I'm wondering if 2022 isn't going to be a little bit of a tipping point where people, like you said, will consider more about the beef, where it's coming from and the quality. I think that's more what people are going to be looking for anyway. I think you're going to be sourcing it more local, uh, wanting to know, you know, where it's raised, where the animal's from. You kind of get that whole farm to table aspect going. But, but we're, really what I, what I think that, that people would, would enjoy more is trying these lesser cuts of beef and something that may not be as expensive that you've never tried. Going out and sourcing that, you know, look for these hanger steaks, look for, mm. look for your skirt steaks. So stuff that people that just, you know, that you don't try a lot, the, the Denver steak, the Chuck Eye steaks. There's a lot of great cuts that are way less expensive than a ribeye or filet that tastes just as good or even better a lot of times. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show from How to Barbecue Right. Malcolm, you want to take a question from the instant chat about cold weather grilling? Sure, man. Right. Always up for This questions. is from uh, Keltree, who's watching on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash BBQ Central Show. Uh, do you have any beginner need to know about barbecue in the winter? What do you think some of the key things to consider are when the weather turns? For for me, it's always been kind of the wind and position in your grill. Depending on what kind of grill you're cooking on, that you don't want that cold air just rushing in. It's going to fight against you. Of course, you know, you want, anytime you can block the sides and keep some of that direct air off, it's going to help your fire run a little smoother. But also, if you've got uh, a grill that maybe doesn't have as great insulation, looking to give you some big um, heavy-duty kind of heat-proof blankets or something that you can put around the grill to contain some of that heat, just to where you're not working against yourself because of the weather. That's probably the biggest advice. I mean, you know, a lot of times it'll slow it down. Uh, you know, when it's cold outside, but if, if you've taken some of the, the wind and the heat that, that's losing, you know, from escaping from the grill, that'll, that'll help you. One of the most important things that I had learned right off the bat, because obviously it gets pretty cold here in Cleveland, especially depending on how the summer and the wind is coming off the lake and so forth. Don't short yourself on the fuel. If you're using charcoal or if you're going to use wood or whatever, 
it makes perfect sense that if you are in the middle of summer and you're maintaining 225 degrees, you have a load of charcoal in a Weber Smoky Mountain. If the wind isn't blowing, you could get 14 hours, 15 hours if you're doing minion method all by itself. In the winter, it's not going to work like that. It's now 20 degrees instead of 85 degrees. So the cooker and the fuel has to work harder to continue to maintain that same 225 degree temperature. So you might get half the time. And if you're not considering that, when you go out and check it after you've left it overnight at six o'clock in the morning and found that your fire has gone out because all the fuel has been taken. Uh, So that, and then of course, from a safety standpoint, I always say, remember things that are running hot remain hot even when it's 20 degrees outside. So don't go touching the top of a hood of a grill that's on because it's still going to be hot no matter what. Um, so those are some of my beginner uh, winter barbecue things. Uh, 2022, look ahead from a YouTube standpoint, Malcolm, as viewers and fans of yours, what can we expect this year? Uh, man, I'm going to keep pumping up some long-term, uh, you know, long-form video. Got a bunch of good recipes that are going to be, you know, hitting uh, this year. Um, you know, I'll, I'll uh, get to, get to work it on my schedule here pretty soon. I still got like 26 more days of hunting season, Greg. So, wow. so it's not back to work. It's not back to work yet. <laughs> are you, how many, uh, how many deer are you in at this point? Uh, I, I've killed two doe this year. I haven't got a buck yet. Um, um, I've uh, been taking Michael a lot over Christmas break. Uh, he just, he just shot a really, really nice buck a uh, day before yesterday. So it's it's my turn now. I get to finish the year out, and I'm sure I, you know. I'm so, I, I hope to get you know, I hope to get a nice buck. But if not, I'm happy with the two deer. It's been a lot of fun this year. Well, you got 26 days, so I'm sure That's you right. will get what you want. I hope you get what you want. We'll get a full report in February when he comes back. It's Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. Once again, the website howtobbqright.com. Find him on YouTube, of course, where well over a million of you are already subscribed. And you can follow him on social at the same handle, how to BBQ right. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Happy New Year again, and we'll see you in February. Happy New Year, Greg. Always fun, man. We'll see you. All right, there he is, Malcolm Reed, right there from How to Barbecue Ride. A lot of you huge fans of Malcolm as you're writing here in the instant chat. Dave's Got Beer really loves Killer Hogs barbecue rubs. Put them on the Christmas ham and cooked them on the Weber. So we'll see what Malcolm's up to in February. Hopefully he gets that buck. Phyllis Strauder is in the green room. We'll get to her in just one second. I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. They design and build all of their products right here in the States and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates the gatherings with friends and family. Honored to have a trusted place in backyards of America. From pellet cookers to wood-fired offsets and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smoker's Yodersmokers.com. Grab yours today. That's Yodersmokers.com. And yes, I continue to effort an interview with the CEO of Yoder Smokers. He's very busy trying to meet the demand for his cooks. We'll get there. Trust me. You're going to want to stick around for some branding talk like you've never heard before with 
the ghetto country brand mother. Confused? You won't be when we come back. Stick around. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. See what other products they have going on over there at CookinPellets.com. My next guest tonight is the first new guest of 2022. Many of us uh, use the turn of a new year as the motivator to get a business or brand off the ground. But after you make the first few steps of progress, you might quickly realize you have no idea what you should actually be doing to effectively brand yourself or your business. If I might offer you a segment that will help you get your proverbial crap together the founder of CKO Creator and the Ghetto Country brand mother, racing to the hotline and welcoming in for the first time, Phyllis Strader, the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, Phyllis. Phyllis, I don't have you. Are you on mute? If you're not. Do- yes, I did. No, I did mute All myself right. when the guest was on. My Good bad. for you. <laughs> Good for you. Hi, and welcome to the show, Phyllis. Thank you, sweetheart. How are you? I'm great, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So, yes, you know, your journey from my perspective is perhaps a bit different than how others would see this, only because we have been cursorily aligned for well over 10 plus years due to the mutual relationship we have with a guy named Neil. You're married to him. I just happen to know him (laughs) through the Internet. And I don't want to spend like a huge amount of time on the background because I know it. But it is important to lay a little groundwork here for the listeners who might not know you yet. So tell me how you go from running a successful barbecue business, that being Big Mr.'s Barbecue, to becoming the ghetto country brand mother. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to try and give you the really, really short version. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> you know, Neil and I had two restaurants and all that stuff. We did catering. But one of the things I realized as I was working with Neil is that I didn't want to work with Neil. And at the time, I was actually studying to become a business coach because I wanted to coach kids on becoming entrepreneurs. That didn't work out so well because kids can't pay you and their parents don't believe in them enough to want to pay you. So I'm I'm like, I got to move again. (laughs) But while I was studying to become a, a business coach, I fell into branding. Literally, it was one of my four certifications and I just fell in love with it. And I went down that path and then I like, you know what, let me go ahead and pivot. Because at that time, I thought I wanted to help the restaurant industry because it was getting so jacked up by the pandemic. I'm like, these folks need my help. But then I was like, okay, I can't necessarily help them because I know margins are thin and they don't have any money. So you know what, I'm going to pivot again. But anyway, the whole ghetto country thing came from actually the restaurant. And that vibe has followed me from that to business coaching to branding. So Ghetto country means I was raised hood adjacent by a country mama, and I just brought the brand on with it with the brand mother. So there you go. That's the really, really short version. (laughs) How do you define the term branding and what does that mean to you? I would define the term branding as it is 
you controlling the narrative. You as the brand leader are controlling the narrative of how people see you, how they perceive you and how they attach to, attach to you emotionally. If you're not doing that, then the client or the customer is actually doing it for you. It's happening whether you want it to or not. So it's best that you control the narrative. So that's what I would consider branding. If you look at my show and the lifespan that it has, would you say that I did. And please be be honest in, in the most brutal way possible. Okay. Do you think that I have, okay. am I murky in my branding? Do you think that I have a pretty strong brand? I, I know what I'm talking or I know what I'm trying to put out there for people to attach to? I think you have not a murky brand. You actually have a strong brand, but you're not marketing it strongly. When I looked at your website and I looked at your social media and so forth before coming on, I saw that your message about what you do is very clear. You do barbecue and all of that kind of stuff, but there's more to barbecue central than just that based on the sponsors that you get, based on the people that you have on your show, there's an underlying message. And I don't think that's necessarily clear. There's nothing on your website about your messaging. There's nothing on your social media. You're just posting guests instead of telling people it's like, this is where I am. Like if you decided to brand starting this year, this is where I am now, but I'm trying to get over here. Cause I know you've been in this game a long time and I expected to see bigger numbers on your social media. Maybe it's on your Twitch or YouTube or somewhere else, but it was not on your Instagram. So that was very surprising to me because I don't think people fully understand that. Yes, you talk about barbecue, but there's more to it than that. Is that fair? I'm a failure. This is what you're saying. No, you're not. Oh my God. <laughs> Phyllis, I have to go cry in the corner. No, I, I mean, this is, well, I, that certainly this is a conversation I could have with you off the air and, and vent yes. to my frustrations yes. on where my social media numbers are and especially, okay. you know, Instagram. It's, you know, it's tooled around 6,000 for a year or two. And I, I certainly understand that from time to time algorithms change or some people with huge uh, followings have uh, quote unquote game to system in some form or fashion and that mm -hmm. the bigger tell is audience engagement or follower engagement so if you have 125,000 people and you go live and two people show up on your live stream there isn't a huge engagement with all of your 125,000 on right? those numbers sure yes. so uh, to me there has to be a fine line between a of course I want bigger numbers of course but I also mm -hmm. want to make sure that I have a fervent an engaged following and from what I'm getting from you uh, those can be mutual they don't have to be exclusive yes they can be mutual because in in looking at your like I said I just looked at your Instagram I didn't look at any of your other social media so I'm just basing it on that but looking at it I see that you post like guests that are going to be on I see barbecue things and all of that but I see nothing about like what is the show really about is it about more than barbecue? What is the underlying message? So if if I were to separate Greg Rempe from the Barbecue Central show, what would that look like? Or are you saying that without Greg Rempe, they're still Barbecue Central or no? Which do you think? No, without me, this show is over. Get <laughs> the hell with all of y'all. Thinking <laughs> faster than the Hindenburg if I wasn't here. How the show would happen? I have no idea. And and that's And that's the thing. But see, so much of, and you're like we were, you're so much of you is tied into the brand that it needs to become clearer that, okay, mm. this, your personal brand, Greg Rempe, the personal brand is one thing, but the Barbecue Central show is something else. So say if you were trying to grow to a point where you wanted to have guest host, 
then what does that look like for you? Is is that going to bring in bigger numbers? Are you going to be able to have someone on your show that has a hundred thousand a hundred thousand followers or something like that in order to make the barbecue central show grow? And then also to give you a break from the weekly thing, if that was what you wanted. But if it is just all about Greg and Greg wanting to do this all the time, I still think there's something in the, in the messaging that could be clearer and that could come across that will engage your audience more and grow your numbers. Phyllis Trotter joining me here on the show, the Ghetto Country brand mother. You can find her on the website, ckocreator.com. A lot of you uh, reacting here in the instant chat, saying how much you like the fact that she is uh, really giving it to me in a very straight fashion, if we can say it like that, which I certainly appreciate. We have some questions coming in as well. I'll try and mix those in here in a second. Phyllis, I listened okay. to an interview you did with Sean Walchef, who's actually going to be closing out the show with me this evening on yes. his digital hospitality podcast. And there was a term that you might have coined in that conversation, which was own your crazy. So A, I yes. guess, did you is that a term that you coined? And more importantly, what does it mean and why do I want to do that? It is something that I coined. I tell everybody, even before I started doing branding to, branding to own your crazy. And so when I was talking to Sean, Sean's like, yeah, you need to lean into it. And I said, okay, you can lean into it, but you also need to own it. Especially like I'm a rebel brand. I am straight up uh, all the things. And so when you're trying to be that rebel and you're trying to stand out, there is something that, you know what, that just generally attracts people to you. And some people will see it as a negative connotation, but then if that's what's going to get you people in the door or butts in seats, if you're having a restaurant and all of those type of things, then you need to own that. Baby, put it out on the, on the porch with a drink and let it go. So, come on. I want to quote. It seems like you want to ask me something. Well, I want to quote you. <laughs> so if you'll indulge okay. me for a few moments. And if anyone sure. wants the full write-up, you can go to Phyllis's LinkedIn profile. You can get it there, but this is just an excerpt that stuck with me and leads me into this question. It will lead me into a question. Okay. So, quote, okay. yeah, that website you got and those social media templates are beautiful BS. They make you look good, mm -hmm. but they aren't saying a damn thing. So you stress out because you have no engagement. You blame changing algorithms. I think I just did that. You feel like an <laughs> imposter because you're trying to copy the competition. You refuse to accept your brand game is a problem. So what are people doing wrong when it comes to branding and how can you fix it? Okay. So since I'm pretty sure most of the people listening are food people. Yes. Part of what's wrong is that when you're in the food industry, you think everything is about your food. You think, oh, my food is just so great. Everybody's coming for it. But part of it is you never considered that people are coming to eat for various reasons. Me personally, y'all know my husband. He cooks for me. I'm good. But when he's not here, the reason I dine out, I don't want to cook on purpose. Not even for the dog. We were both depressed when Neil left and went to Texas. I don't, um, I don't do it as well as Neil does. So I don't want to do it. I go out because I want to hang out with my friends. I want to have a good meal. And I do not want to sweat over a stove. I have all these reasons that I go out to eat other than I'm hungry. And so when you rely so heavily on that, and then you push out the BS about, you know what, I'm all about quality and customer service, especially in the food industry. It is BS, sweetheart. People are coming to you for a reason. And if quality and customer service are something that you think is bringing them through the door, okay, I want you to define customer service. 
I want you to get down to the nitty gritty of what that customer service is. Is it that, you know what, their favorite waitress is always doing that. Then you know what, you need to highlight that chick and market her. You know who's coming to work tonight? She's coming to work to serve you and do all the things. And then if, if the other part is that it's the quality, then why aren't you marketing on the quality? You've made a whole laundry list of food things that you have to sell and nobody's checking for them. You've made them confused. I got to turn pages to get my food. You know, I'm going I'm, to I'm rein it on in. But part of what, like I said, part of what you're doing wrong is that you're not recognizing that there's more to food to your, more to your business than food. Building out a brand means you find something that makes you show, so unique and it's not your burgers because everybody got a burger. But what makes you so unique that you can consistently talk about is what people are coming through the door for. They will get the other stuff as well. But the thing that you, you, nobody can do like you. Oh, baby, this is it. Let me, let me bring you all this goodness. So that's what I think most restaurants are doing wrong. There's a lot of people that are listening right now. A lot of people, way more people will listen to this and podcast and say to themselves, mm -hmm. this sounds a lot like me. I'm meandering. I don't really have a target. I'm not defined in what my mission is or what my standard is. So if I go to ckocreator.com and look to hire Phyllis to help me out here, what am I going to get as a potential client of yours? How does that work? The way I do, I'm not I'm not the one-to-one -one type of brand strategist. I usually do take people either through a master class or I take them through the boot camp. Masterclass is six weeks where I educate you on everything that you need for the basics of your brand. When you go through the boot camp, then we dig deep. We actually pull all of that out of you. And then you begin to start, you begin to market it as you're building it out. A lot of people think that, okay, I'm opening a restaurant tomorrow, so I'm going to start marketing. No, the time to start marketing is when you have the idea to open a restaurant, because then you're going to find out if people are actually checking for you or you're just going to be another taco stand. You need to you need to take hold to what it means for you to be authentically branded AF, which is what I talk about. But with me, like I said, I take you through the process instead of doing it for you. And that's what a lot of brand strategists will do. They will take you into a workshop. You will spit out all this information. And then what they'll do is they'll come back with a brand strategy for you. And now you have to go and find someone to activate this brand strategy. I don't work like that. We're going to get down and dirty us together to get to the point of what your brand actually is so that you can start to live it and you can start to make it part of your company culture so that the people that you hire believe in your brand as much as you do. And that's why, like I said, that's why I see the turnover in the industry right now is just straight raggedy. And it's not all about money. It is about being treated with respect. And is you having something of value besides cash in your hand or a paycheck for them that they wanna, they wanna grab hold to. Stop looking at the, I'm sorry, stop looking at the people as liabilities and look at them as the assets that they are because they're the reason that you're in business. And that begins with internal branding. And that is a thing. And it needs to be considered. So I help people go through that. You build out your brand, you get your company culture together, and then you stick with me for a minute and we make sure all of this is going to make you some money because I want y'all to get paid. But yeah, so I hope that's the short version. Is this something also <laughs> that once you get through that, first portion of it together with you, then there's some type of a maintenance or, or ongoing thing where I can check back with you or put you on some kind of ghetto country grandmother retainer or something along these lines. <laughs> what I did is I actually built out a community because I know a lot of people, especially in the food industry, they know food, but they don't ne necessarily know the business side. So I, I put them in the community. It's like 50 bucks a month for people who have gone through the boot camp, And we do like quarterly check-ins to do SWOT analysis. We do 
um, one page marketing plans to make sure your marketing is on point to make sure you're, you're checking your numbers. Uh, we do biweekly calls where we check the trends for your industry and all of that, because a lot of people don't know to do those things. Like I said, we get stuck on it's about the food and you need to let go of that, sweetie. It's about the business and it's about the brand. Your food just happens to be good. Please qualify yourself for these people because, I mean, you're talking a bunch of great stuff here. You seem highly expert in this whole thing. But this also runs back to the very beginnings. Uh, Neil wanted to cook barbecue. Yes. But there's a whole behind-the-scenes thing that is probably not nearly as sexy as being the guy that's cooking the barbecue and schlepping it out there at the various farmers markets that you got. And that was like another thing that you guys were yeah. exploding a whole portion of food service that nobody was probably really even talking about back then, which was setting up in farmers markets and using the outside yes. uh, and doing very successfully. But you were part of a whole, uh, what you know, the, the underbelly of a thing and that you have to be good at and that you have to know what you're doing. Otherwise, no matter how good the food is, you're going to fail. It does not matter. I was I tell people I was Neil's marketing pimp back then <laughs> and that making sure that he got on TV shows, making sure that he did his auditions, making sure Good Day LA would bring him back and all of those things. And and people in the industry know this, even though Neil and I were able to build a multi-million dollar brand, multi-million dollar brand in food industry don't mean jack, especially if you don't have a liquor license. And we did not. But doing that before I knew what I know now. It, 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 I realized how many millions we left on the table. Let me, let me be very clear. I know what we left on the table um, it, to so much so that I actually started a program um, on Monday where I'm going to become a certified brand strategist. So I'm taking up my game. I'm always checking for this stuff. It's for real for me. I love it. Wish I had known it back then. The website is ckocreator.com. If you're like me and secretly seething at yourself trying to figure out what you need to be because a lot of us has been doing this for a long time and uh, quickly you realize that uh, maybe you weren't as sharp as you think you were and now we know somebody that can help us hone the craft a little bit better and point us in the right direction and that is phyllis strotter ckocreator.com once again is the website phyllis really appreciate the time tonight and we will talk to you again very soon no doubt thank you so much no problem, sweetheart. Great being here. There she is. The ghetto country brand mother, ckocreator.com. And I know a lot of you are like me going, crap. Get that big stuff out of here. I know. I'm saying it along with you. But now we have a friend. ckocreator.com. Get your branding game either on point or straightened out or redefined wherever you're fitting into this whole conversation. Dave's got beer. I love this lady. No punches pulled and she knows her stuff. Damn straight she does. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. We know this. Two different lines to choose from. We know that as well. A choice line, which is the entry level, if you will, if you need a decent sized cooker that you know is going to work well, but it doesn't have all the extra tricks, features, and benefits like you're finding on a lot of these other cookers. Then the choice line is one for you. Good size. It's Daniel Boone. You'll be plenty happy with that. Now, if you want something that's a little bit 
more robust on the build. If you want some Wi-Fi connectivity, if you want to be able to interact with it on the app that it has. Now we're talking about Prime Line. Peak and Ledge are the sizes. So the Peak is the big one. Ledge is the comparable Daniel Boone that you would find on the Choice side. And then, of course, you have that Trek Grill, which is the portable one. Still runs on pellets. Still gives you some decent capacity. You can take it wherever you want. You figure out which one is best for you. How do you do that? Go to a dealer. GreenMountainGrill.com. Find a dealer near you. Visit the dealer. Get educated. And then pick the one that fits best into your lifestyle and into your budget. You'll be educated. You'll get it home. You'll have success right out of the bat. No refunds. No buyer's remorse. Nothing along these lines. Now, while you're at GreenMountainGrills.com finding a dealer, you can also get a bunch of different ancillary items, sauces, rubs, pellets, accessories that make your barbecue and grilling life much more complete with the Green Mountain Grill. Check them out, GreenMountainGrill.com. That's GreenMountainGrill.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro, and Fireboard Spark. Why not? Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi or cloud-based monitoring. You can also connect via Bluetooth if you want. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Did anybody get a Fireboard Spark for Christmas or whatever holiday that you're celebrating? I did not. Ted, why didn't I get one? Come on, Ted. Send one to your pal out here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. Question coming in from Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. This is one I probably should have asked Phyllis, but I can lend my two cents and put it back in the archives to ask when she comes back on again. Once you brand yourself, should you set up an LLC? Uh, Joe, I would say once you even think about doing anything branding or company-wise, it's going to be business on your own. You should absolutely set up an LLC. Uh, I retained a lawyer. We talked about all the different options. We picked the right one for me. And then for instance, this show, because it deals with a lot of different moving parts, food, technology, entertainment, just the benefit alone of having the LLC to have write-off is great. If I go out to eat, it's always getting turned back in. I'm taking pictures. I'm doing food reviews. My computer breaks. This is a technology show as well. I keep the receipt to get turned that in. So just on the write-offs alone, LLC is totally worth it. So if you think you're going to be getting into, or if you just want to start it, it's fairly inexpensive. But again, get a lawyer. Don't do it on Rocket Lawyer or Lawyer Rocket or whatever the hell it is. Find somebody that knows what they're doing in your neighborhood. Have them set you up right. Get your EIN number and away you go. The benefits are... Many, many. 
my suggestion alone. I'll ask Phyllis when she's on next time, Joe, and see if she corroborates my information to you. Her website again, ckocreator.com. We are done with the first hour. If you missed it, I'm sorry. It'll be in podcast here in a little bit, but we will point to the second hour. So refresh your libations. I will refresh mine, and then I will see you back here in just a few moments. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.